Welcome to episode 75 of the Search with Canada podcast, recorded on Friday the 21st of August 2020. My name is Mark Williams-Cook, and today we're going to be joined by Arij Abu Ali, who is the SEO manager for Zoopla. And Arij is also the founder and organizer of Women in Tech SEO. So she's going to be joining us to tell us more about that. I'm happy to say this episode of Search with Canda is supported by Sitebulb. Sitebulb is a desktop-based website auditing tool available for Windows and Mac. It's something uh, I've talked about before. Um, it's something I use personally within the agency. And if you haven't heard of it, you definitely should check it out. It's one of my favorite SEO tools. They've got a special offer for Search with Canda listeners. You can go to sitebulb.com forward slash SWC. So that's SWC for Search with Canda. And you can get a 60 days, a two month trial of Sitebulb without putting in any credit card details. One of the things I particularly love about Sitebulb myself is it really helps with internal link analysis. So any SEO will tell you sorting out your internal linking is critical, especially on bigger sites. So that means understanding where all the links on your site are pointing to, if you've got links to your competitive pages high up in your hierarchy, if you've got uh, pages that you want to rank that maybe only have one link in them from some category page deep down in there, this is one thing that Sitebulb does really well. So like any desktop-based crawler, it will crawl your site, but they have a whole section where you can explore your internal link equity flow. So it will let you see things like the anchor text you're using on your links. It will give you the importance and how many times um, different pages are linked to and if they're being linked to from important pages, which is going to be important to actually getting those pages to rank. That's otherwise something that can be quite tricky to do. Um, normally it required kind of exports and filling around with pivot tables. Really great um, one of many features you can get with Sitebulb. You can get, as I said, 60 day trial from sitebulb.com forward slash SWC. And today we're joined by Arij Abu Ali, who's currently the SEO manager at Zoopla. She has seven years, over seven years experience of digital marketing, including technical SEO, data analysis, account management, web analytics. She's a MozCon and Brighton SEO speaker, uh, has a BSc in computer engineering and an MBA in information technology. Arij, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. And that's quite an intro. Yeah, thanks, Mark. I'm so excited to be here. Um, it's really good to actually virtually speak to you because I know we're we're Twitter friends, but it's nice <laughs> to talk to you. That that's uh yeah that that's like a lot of the people I know in SEO still. Even though I've been knocking around a while, a lot of them still are Twitter SEO friends. I haven't met many of them uh, in real life. Uh, so we're going to talk today uh, about women in tech SEO, but I'd really like to start. So obviously you're quite well known within the SEO community, but it'd be really great if you could give us, you know, why don't we start with you? What was your entry into SEO? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, 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 definitely. So I've, 
I moved to the UK uh, a bit over seven years ago now. Um, so I, as you said, I have a background in computer engineering and I came to the UK to do an MBA in IT. Um, and it, it was at that point that I kind of discovered the world of digital marketing, um, didn't even realize that was a thing. Uh, so during my MBA, I was kind of thinking, well, what jobs or what roles do I want to get into? Um, and just some research, I kind of stumbled over SEO. And I was like, hmm, this is actually quite interesting because it's this nice bridge between both computing and marketing. Um, so yeah, I kind of started looking at like internships and roles in it. And the first job I landed right after was agency side. Um, started off as a content executive for a month, but then they switched me right away um, to the tech SEO team, which was kind of my plan all along. Um, so that was great. And I've been mainly specialized in tech SEO ever since. Brilliant. So what personally, did you face any challenges as as you've kind of got into the SEO community, both uh, both professionally and from that community community aspect? Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe initially, like the first few years, I wasn't even trying very much to get within the community. I mean, I remember like attending Brighton SEO and things like that and feeling really overwhelmed by the speakers and by the attendees and not even knowing like how to start networking or how to start meeting people. It was kind of just the people I work with were the main people that I that I knew. Um, I always used to hear about like these exclusive Facebook groups <laughs> for SEO experts. <laughs> it was like, oh, only people who've been doing this for 10 years are welcome here. And, you know, it's these names and it's those people. So I always kind of feel, felt like, hmm, I wonder when it might happen that I might actually be able to join some of these groups. So I guess my initial impression was that the community wasn't like super friendly or welcoming, that there was a mm. lot of like exclusivity. Um, not everyone is welcome here and things like that. Um, I would say it was only when I actually started speaking in conferences, which is only a year, a year and a half ago now, was when I realized, oh, this is actually, you know, much easier. You can just go up to people and speak to them and, and so forth. But I guess it took me quite some time to decide that now is the right time to put myself out there or pitch to speak or things like that. I think a lot of people have had that similar experience and I, I certainly have. So I'm, uh, I'm terrible at networking. Um, I'm terribly awkward at trying to network <laughs> with people. I don't even like calling it networking. And I found out once, uh, like you, I, I had a couple of speaking slots that you just then have people come up to you and start talking to you, obviously normally about what you've, you, you've talked about. And then it becomes very easy. Like you say, from then on, that kind of opens doors for you. How did that happen for you in terms of getting those first speaking slots, both in terms of how did you prepare and feel you were ready and how did you then actually go about getting those uh, slots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good question. I think it, it was at least two or three years of attending Brighton SEO and Search Love. And every single time I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is the year for me. Should I now pitch? But I always felt I wasn't ready. Um, and then it was finally, it was Search Love London. Let me remember the year, 2018. Um, Jamie Alberico, she was doing a talk uh, on advanced tech SEO. And I was just, I fell in love with her. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> He's brilliant. I was like, these are the kind of talks I want to get up on stage and do. But then the other thing as well, they had community speaker slots that year. Um, and it was, I remember Luke, Luke Carthy was on there. 
Um, Andy was on there as well. Laura Hogan, she was on there. And I remember thinking, wow, okay. I mean, those people, it's kind of like their first talks, you know, they're able to do that. Um, and I had attended as a plus one with Hannah Smith. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. That's it. I'm going to pitch to Brighton SEO for April 2019. And she was like, yep, let's do it. Come on. And she helped me so much. So it was her and Bryony Gunson. Um, I overthought my pitch. I really planned it. Um, and they gave me a lot of support and help with that first pitch um, when I sent it through. Um, and yeah, when I, when I found out that I got the slot, I was so excited. I literally spent six months <laughs> prepping for that talk. <laughs> I had like four or five different feedback rounds. I took it so seriously. Um, but yeah, massive, massive thanks, I'd say, to both Hannah Smith and Bryony Gunson. They helped me a lot with uh, just pitching for it and kind of being ready for it and with feedback throughout as well. So how are you finding uh, prep now when you're doing talks? Are you, are you spending, I hope you're spending a little bit less time doing them? So it's a tiny bit less, but honestly, I, I spend so much time prepping for a talk and it's way more time than I know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, I've got this talk next week. I'm going to start working on it this weekend. And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm incapable of doing that. I would get really stressed as well. If I don't feel like it's it's 100% complete, a month in advance, then I'm not, I'm not going to be comfortable. And when someone sends through and like, oh, would you like to speak in this? And if it's not minimum a three month heads up, I'm always going to say no, I'm just not going to be able to prep for it. So I do still find it very stressful. I do find it very overwhelming. I actually feel really worried now because I think last year, the talk I did was so good. And I'm always like, hmm, how do I do when I, the next time I prep a talk, how do I make sure it's just as good or it's just as strong, which is, you know, your, your typical imposter syndrome type of, yeah, qualities that you tend to get here and there. And I would, I would say, at least from my experience as well, to anyone that's maybe doing their first talks that, that stays with most people. So again, like I've done a fair bit of speaking, not as much recently, but I still, when I prepare even basic topics that I know very well, I'll go through this cycle of, I'll be like, yeah, I know this and I'll put together slides, outline what I want to talk about. And then probably about 75% of the way through the preparation, I have this crisis of confidence where I think, oh, this is not interesting. This is stuff everyone already knows. It's boring. And then I kind of almost go back and do it again and like you say, really try and get everything 100%. And that I think that's normal. And I think that makes good speakers that that really yeah. care and think about uh, what what their audience want to hear, right? Yeah, all, all the time. I always feel that way. And it's one of the things when people always ask for advice in terms of, you know, how do we turn around? How do we make sure that everyone already knows this? How do we make this special? And for me, it's always the, the story element. So when you share your story or when you share your perspective about something, that's always going to be unique to you because no one else has experienced that except you. So that's for me, those are kind of the talks that always stick the most are ones where we are open, where we are honest, where we share the story behind why we are even doing that talk. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I really struggle as well in terms of just making sure, you know, yeah, I, I always have a confidence crisis happen most of the way through as well. I think it was actually, I saw Martin Split make a really interesting comment about uh, maybe people that are quite new to SEO doing talks and talking about concepts, which was, although 
yes, someone else might understand that topic slightly better is that everyone has a different way of explaining the same thing. So even though you're maybe doing a talk that someone else has done, like you say, when you speak about it from your perspective of your experience, it might click then for some other people who saw someone else talk about it and they're just like, oh, I, I don't get that or I can't, you know, that's not, that just doesn't align with the way I think. So I think, you know, even when you are fairly new, just getting that experience talking and talking about things you do understand, but in a, in a different way and you don't necessarily have to be intimidated by other people that have done, done the same talk. Yeah, 100%. And I think we always forget that our audience are going to be people from, you know, all backgrounds, all levels of SEO, all levels of knowledge and experience. So we're always thinking like, oh, I've got seven years or eight years. So my audience also has seven or eight years, but that's not (laughs) the case. There is so much, like there are tons of people out there who are in their first or in their second year and they need a lot of that foundation as well so it's perfectly fine to you know not not have the most advanced talk in the world um as long as you know you're being elaborate you have your spin on it you're sharing your own story your own experience and at the end of the day it's all about knowledge sharing right like that's that that's the main thing that we kind of need to focus on yeah definitely and that badge of x years of experience for me Although it can be useful in some kind of context, I I find now it's a lot less helpful than it used to be, especially as the industry gets older. Um, Because, you know, I've seen people that have been doing SEO half the amount of time or even less than I have that have come up with things that have kind of blown my socks off. And I've been like, oh, wow, like I've never, you know, delved into like this, like, cloud file log analysis how they're doing this way and you know there's I, I just think again don't from the outside don't be intimidated by this years of experience thing it's a huge seo is like such a huge huge area even technical seo is a huge area um so years of experience certainly to me doesn't necessarily <laughs> correlate to kind of skill or you know even experience sometimes so um before we move on have you got have you had any kind of role models yourself you've particularly looked up to or mentors within SEO or even outside the the kind of digital space that have helped you kind of drive forward? Yeah, I mean, the the one thing I would, uh, and I probably lean on this again when, when we talk about women in tech SEO more, is I've, I've always been super motivated by, you know, women-only spaces. They've always really, really helped me. Um, there was, when, when the Sheryl Sandberg book came out, the Lean In one, uh, there was tons of circles that came out of that. And I joined one in London. It was like a lean in leadership circle. And it was like the the first like women only space that I joined. And we used to have like monthly meetups and so on. And I was so, I would come out of each one of those, like feeling so inspired, feeling so pumped up, feeling like, oh my God, I've got all of these goals. I'm going to manage to accomplish everything and so on. So for <laughs> me, that was so helpful. And also the fact that it wasn't really within SEO, I think made it a little bit more helpful because it was like this mm. outside circle. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I've already mentioned her, but Hannah Smith definitely comes to mind as one of, we we worked together for a long time, but we were never actually in the same team. Um, But she always just gave me tons of advice, tons of support. And until this day, super helpful, just extremely motivating and, and inspiring person to be around really. So it might, yeah, it's probably a good time now to to talk about uh, women in tech SEO. So from the outside, as, as I understand, so Women SEO is a support network. It's aimed at women in the technical SEO field 
And it's really about you getting together, discussing, sharing and learning from one another. And it, it's grown from that because tell, tell us a bit about how it started, because it was originally uh, just kind of like meetups. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a bit over a year now. We started in May uh, 2019. So yeah, literally kicked it off a month after my my Brighton SEO talk. And I think last year, like towards the start of the year, but I was getting into this, uh, you know, when you go through that phase where you're a bit like, hmm, do I really want to be doing SEO for the rest of my life? <laughs> <laughs> never, never. <laughs> I was just a bit like, is this what I want to keep doing? I mean, should I consider switching roles, switching industries, doing something else? Um, so that was kind of where my head was at. And, and I really used to struggle with the idea of I'm stuck on this. Who do I ask? Um, I never wanted to ask anything on Twitter because I was convinced that people were going to be like, whoa, she's meant to be like this SEO manager or head of SEO and she doesn't know these basics. I really, really, really struggled with that. And then also back to the point of, you know, most groups, most communities always felt like really exclusive. So it was really around that time where I was like, okay, you know what? We kind of need to start something. I wasn't able to find anything where I felt like I kind of fit in or I felt comfortable enough. So I opened it as a, it was initially like a Facebook group and I just put a tweet out and I was like, you know, women in tech SEO rejoice. We now have this group. Um, (laughs) And I think like a hundred people joined on the first week. Um, And then I was like, you know what? It would actually be nice if we also meet each other. And that's how I then opened up the, the meetup group. Um, and the intention was, okay, let's meet up in London once a month. We'll have different speakers. We'll talk about different things. Um, and we'll have the Facebook group for like the whole global community happening in parallel as well. So as you said, I think May 28th it was, was your one year anniversary mm-hmm. and your Facebook group has now got over 1200 members. Yeah, I think it's like ever... or 1600 now. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. So about 1,600 and you've got a Slack group as well? Yeah, we've got about another fifteen or 1,600 on that as well. Um, we started <laughs> that like a few months after Facebook group. People were like, oh, we hate Facebook. I was like, yeah, I don't blame you, actually. I'm not such a huge fan either. So then we started the Slack community as well. And with that one, we, we really wanted to focus more on having like more virtual meetups and virtual social chats. Um, and the Slack group made it so much easier to have these different channels. So we kind of have both running in parallel right now. Um, so yeah, they're they're both quite active. Uh, I would say with the Slack one, it's more helpful with like, you know, continuous chat, super quick answers. With the Facebook one, it's more like um, big, bigger type of questions or, you know, a question here and there and mainly announcements. I mean, that amount of people on a, on a Slack channel itself is a big achievement. So I mean, I'm a member of a couple of the free Slack SEO channels like Technical SEO, and I think that's only got around 800 people. So you, that you've managed to get that much momentum behind it is, is amazing. And you actually, you ended up organizing a full-on conference, didn't you? Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. So that was in So tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, so we did uh, the first Women in Tech SEO Festival, and it was for International Women's Day. Um, so just like my Brighton SEO talk, I spent, I think, 10 months planning it. Because <laughs> um, it reached a point where I was a bit like, okay, we're doing those monthly meetups um, and they're evening ones, they're two hours, we get a few speakers. But I really wanted to do something big for International Women's Day uh, where we have like a full day conference. It was also a good reason for a lot of people who are more like based in Europe and based in other places to be able to come in for it. 
Um, and I was really adamant on making sure that it was, the price was really accessible. Um, it was all tickets were under hundred pounds for, for the full day, like including food and including everything, uh, because I didn't want people to feel like they had to ask their employers, for example, or so on. And we got a lot of awesome people in the industry actually buy tickets for, for women to, to go and attend, which was amazing. Um, so yeah, that went great. And I would love to have one next year. I'm still kind of waiting out to see what happens with everything yeah, right. happening in the world right now before I start planning. So the Women in Tech SEO Fest, that was a women only, not a women centric conference, right? Yeah. So as with our group, with our meetups, with our events, with everything, it's always um, anyone who identifies as a woman is, is welcome to join. So how would you, for, for maybe women that haven't been to um, like a complete women only conference or meetup like that, how would you kind of describe that in terms of how it feels different to a kind of regular conference? Yeah. So, I mean, it was super positive in, in my eyes. I thought the vibe was great. I felt with our speakers as well, and this is feedback that I got from them, th they were able to be really honest and open and transparent in a lot of their talks. Um, we had several different tracks, so uh, some were um, like, we had like advanced and, and analysis, advanced reporting, and but we the last session was more around uh, like empowerment and, and inspiration as well, which had like Kirsty Hulse and, um, and Stacey McNaught. So it had more talks that were unrelated to tech SEO as well there. Um, so I would say like the day as a whole, like the, the vibe was really, really positive. Everyone was just coming up to everyone and talking to each other. Um, it wasn't that big as well. We were 250 of us. So it wasn't, you know, the, the massive scale of huge conferences, but it, it was really easy to talk to each other. Uh, speakers were so approachable. You could just go up to anyone and ask them questions. So I, I personally loved it. And the feedback that we got was so good so i'm definitely hoping that we can plan another one soon that's amazing i think it's a good good kind of size as well because mm. the you i've seen a lot of the local seo meetups um over the last two or three years really gain traction as well because we've had obviously we've got the flagship um you know like search loves and brighton seo and smx type events which, which are huge um but they can be a little bit less accessible you know when you have a speaker and then they get swamped by 60 people going to ask some questions after a talk so i've seen a lot more traction in these kind of smaller events that might be a bit more uh, personal yeah so on your on the website for women in, in tech seo you've got your core values which are to be kind to be helpful to be respectful to be a safe and judgment-free community which are lovely brilliant admirable uh, core values. So I'm asking this, I guess, maybe for people that aren't involved in SEO Twitter. Do you think the SEO community in general can can lack these values? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> shock. This will be a shock, I'm sure, to everyone listening. But I think it's important, you know, to 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 talk about this. Um, so yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, that I. It was funny because I I had someone ask me before. It's like, oh, you know, how did you come up with these values? You know, were they voted like by the community? Did it take you some time to think through them? And honestly, no. As I was writing that page on the website, I literally thought them as I wrote them. It was not difficult to to come up with them, and because this it this is what I was looking for, and this is what I think we we currently lack. Uh, there is definitely tons of amazing kind 
you know, generous people. But what I was really on the lookout for was especially that safe, judgment-free area. So you you don't want to feel like you're being judged at all by any question that you ask or by anything that you're you're having a challenge with or by anything you need help with. And, you know, mm. in, in a way, it, it feels so simple, like reading them out like that. Those are such, you know, simple, human, <laughs> basic, foundational things. But unfortunately, they, they do lack a lot. And I would say, especially with SEO Twitter, that, that's probably where they lack even more. A lot of people are really nice when you actually meet them face to face. I'm not really sure what happens behind screens for yeah, <laughs> for some of that to, to be going on. <laughs> so, I mean, per- personally, and I know a lot of people have, um, when when you learn to navigate those places, got a lot from the community in, in large. Is there any kind of advice, I guess, you can give outside of Women in Tech SEO for someone that's new in SEO, you know, how they should approach engaging with the SEO community in terms of, you know, what channels do you think are best? Should they find a Slack group? Should they find these like private groups you talked about, like on Facebook? Should they just dive straight in on, on Twitter? Like how, how do you feel? What advice would you give someone that's kind of fresh out of the box? Hey, I'm learning SEO. I'm going to dive right in and talk to all these people. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely connecting one-to-one with a few people as well, like, comes a long way. Um, I remember, like, at the very start, like, I, I saw Alexis Sanders, for example, in a talk, and I was just amazed by what she delivered. And I just connected with her on LinkedIn, and I sent her this massive note about how inspiring I found her talk to be. So I think it's totally fine to reach out to people that you find inspiring and that you'd like you know, to seek mentorship from or support from or so on. They will also help you by kind of introducing you to other people, by kind of sharing resources with you. It's just kind of feel a little bit comfortable with reaching out to people on a one-to-one basis. That means so much to someone as well. Then, you know, some of that stuff you find on Twitter all the time where it's like, oh, you know, here's a list of, I don't know, six inspiring and let's tag some more. And then next thing you know, it's like a hundred people in a chain. That doesn't mean as much as actually reaching out to someone one-to-one, telling them what you found helpful and and asking them for some support. Most people will be more than happy to help out. And then I would say the second thing is just around sharing your knowledge. So even if you start your own website or you write an article on Medium or whatever it is with something that you've learned, once you start sharing your own knowledge and then seeking feedback on what it is that you've written or a talk that you've done or so on, the more people will be, you know, they'll start being more aware of the work that you're doing. They'll give you feedback. They'll reach out with questions. So that's, that's I think, another really good way to do it. And right now, like with every, there's tons of virtual events that are happening and a lot of them have, you know, all these chat, um, like live chat boxes that are going on. This is a much easier way as well to kind of connect with different people, reach out to them later on, on like Twitter or LinkedIn or so on. It's much, it's much less overwhelming than when you have to do it face to face, but really make the most out of it rather than just attend some of these events and, you know, try to soak in the information. it, It does mean a lot to even reaching out to the speaker afterwards giving them your feedback asking them follow-up questions so yeah tons of ways definitely i think that's really good advice especially like you say about reaching out to individuals because Mm -hmm. there's just going to be almost no scenario where someone's not going to like that someone's personally contacted them Mm -hmm. and said they've enjoyed whatever it is they've shared or, or their talk um and those yeah those personal connections i think do do go a long way as well 
so side side question here then have you have you because you mentioned these kind of like exclusive you know uh facebook groups and obviously now with you know your experience your education where you are in the industry you know you're more than qualified to join these groups um, i'm pleased to tell you um i got the memo have you have you ever done that um have, have you ever looked at any of these groups are they any good I, I haven't joined any of those. I honestly don't know how to find them, those Facebook ones. If you know, let me know. I, I have joined a few Slack groups and I was really underwhelmed. I felt, A, there's so many dudes in them and then it's talking to dudes. And I don't know whether it's because all the women have come to Women in Tech SEO and so have kind of ditched the other communities. But I I have like... I've kind of struggled with some of the the Slack communities that are more technical focused as well. Like some of the, mm-hmm. it just doesn't. I don't know what it is. Maybe the the, the vibe or something doesn't doesn't feel super like welcoming. Um, but I I don't know yet how to find these really exclusive Facebook ones. No one's really added me to them. So if, if you know, definitely let me know. I'd be curious to see what. <laughs> no, I'm I'm afraid I'm afraid to tell you I'm not part of these uh, exclusive groups either. I did I I got one invite once to a some kind of uh, you know expert only mega SEO group which I accepted, and then it was just bombarded with the most basic you know, questions yeah. just that you'd find anywhere. Um, so I left that. I know there are um, there are like paid Slack groups you can join. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard they're charging sort of, I think they're around 150 pounds a month. Oh, wow. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm pretty stubborn. I refuse to, I, <laughs> I refuse to pay. <laughs> just, you know, if you've got a bunch of people that want to talk to each other, I think they should just arrange that. Um you know, and, and I think, like you said earlier, I was really impressed when you're talking about um, the Women in Tech SEO Festa making it accessible price-wise. Yeah. Um, so I had a little bit of an issue, I guess, with, you know, some things like that. You know, not everyone can afford £150 a month to yeah. join a, you know, a Slack group. Um, and to go along with, with what you've said, so the biggest tech SEO Slack group I'm in, most of my communication I have with that is actually people directly messaging me on that um, which is interesting just because it goes along with what you say about Mm -hmm. you know how a lot of these um, communications happen and they tend to be dominated by a handful of personalities if you like Um, so that's really really interesting feedback from from your point of view Um, I I often see you talking about this uh, so I want to want to ask about it what would you give as advice to other meetup organizers um other conference organizers what can they do to you know improve engagement from from women because uh, you know i really commonly see this you know oh well we emailed we emailed some women and they said no so this is the speaker lineup you have yeah yeah definitely i mean so much that needs to be done in in diversifying a lot of our conference and event and meetup lineups um, we've made it so easy by by creating the community speaker hub on the website. I think we've got like over 220, 230 women from all around the world now who have, they have themselves submitted their speaker cards. Anyone, anyone who identifies as a woman can submit their speaker card on there, which means that they want to speak in conferences. So, you know, reach out to them. We've made it really, really easy. Uh, but I would say just the other thing before you kind of draw out your lineup, 
are you accepting pitches for your conferences? Now, so many conferences out there and they pride themselves for some reason. I see it in the FAQ and they're like, no, we actually don't have a pitching process because we pick the best of the best. What does that mean? You know, how do you define the best of the best? Because if the best of the best is basically the same people over and over again, then I'm so sorry because that is not the best, right? Everything is should be about talk, should be about content, should be about giving a fair chance for everyone. So if you introduce a pitch process to, especially some of the bigger talks, or even with the meetups, you can easily have a Google form for anyone to fill it at any time and pitch what talk they want to do. And then if the talk is good, if it works for your um, like meetup and your audience, you can give them a time slot. But there is no reason to not allow people to pitch because that right away is a very unfair advantage to other people just kind of getting the, getting the same over and over again. And then I would say the second thing is your audience is reflective as well on your speakers. What you tend to find is that when there's a diversified speaker lineup, you do tend to find a diversified audience. You find that a lot with Brighton SEO, super diverse audience, um, a lot of women attending there, You know, people from a lot of different countries come. But then when you tend to have conferences where it's your typical lineup, 80% male, almost everyone is white. <laughs> At that point, you're like, yeah, the audience kind of looks similar to the lineup. So it's a question of how do you really reach the balance with both? But there's so much that needs to be done. And it's, it is not an excuse to simply say you've, you've, you've reached out. And what tends to happen as well is over time, you know these speakers, you've invited them several times. It's not bad to kind of go up to them and ask them if they have any recommendations you know, from their network. And that's also on speakers. Over time, if speakers are, if you've already done 10 talks this year, do you really not need to do talk number 11? Maybe instead you need to kind of give up your seat to someone else within the network who can instead, you know, it's their chance to, or put them in the spotlight a little bit. So I would say it's a two-way thing. Both event organizers need to work better to diversify their lineup, but also speakers need to kind of put their name out there and, and need to be giving each other like other shots and kind of giving their seat every now and then as well. So if you are an event or conference organizer, if you look at womenintechseo.com forward slash speakers, there is a huge list of these cards where you can search by name, city or country. You can filter by specialization. So there's just a huge range of people here that you can contact um, to get to speak at your event or conference. The other thing I saw recently that you've been organizing uh, with Women in Tech SEO, there's so many strands to this. I don't know how you've, you know, you've really grown this. You've started uh, like a mentor program. Is that right? Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that, how that came to be again and uh, maybe how people, I, know, I think you've matched everyone up now, but is there still opportunities for people to get involved in that? Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to kick off a mentorship program for the longest time ever. It was like in my in my massive list of ideas that I wanted to do for women in tech SEO. So I'm really happy that we finally kicked off the first cohort. So my the awesome Naomi Sanderson, who's part of the community, has been helping me with that. And we have kicked off the first cohort. We matched 210 mentors with mentees. Um, and the wow. reason we kicked it off really is, you know, the, all along, the program and the community is always around the lines of, you know, women are mentoring women, women are supporting each other and helping each other. This gives it a little bit more structure, um, makes it a little bit more concise. There's actually a program around it. We also wanted to help empower women 
to feel confident to be mentors. Um, it was interesting because that was the biggest challenge, really. I had like all of these brilliant women like, well, I don't know if I'm strong enough to apply as a mentor. And I'm like, of course you need to apply as a mentor. So we're giving them tons of support. Um, Hannah Butcher uh, has given the mentor training as well. We want to make sure in the next cohort to give even more different forms of training for them. Um, but yeah, for now, it's a two-month program. Um, they're dedicating 30 minutes a week uh, to have a call between the mentors and mentees. We're giving mentor training. Uh, we're just getting tons of feedback along the way so that we can see how to make this more of a recurring program as we go. So I envision it down the line being potentially once a quarter um, or twice a year, uh, like longer type of cohorts where we, we, we match them based on, it was based on both SEO and soft skills. And everyone was welcome to apply, all women um, from all around the world. So do you know when you will have the next intake of the next cohort? So I'm 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 hoping something by October, November, but I, I don't want to promise anything at this point. Sure. Um, th this current one is going to wrap up end of September and we're we're going to get lots of feedback so that we can um, improve uh, the, the next time around. So for any um, women listening that are looking to get into tech SEO or maybe are already in tech SEO and aren't involved in the community what do they need to do how what's the best kind of route for them to start getting involved in in this community yeah so i mean if you visit our website womenintechseo.com all of our different groups are linked up right there so you can join us on facebook you can join us on slack you can follow us on linkedin on twitter and just my advice is really join the groups and you know introduce yourself and start answering questions that you know the answers to start asking questions that you don't know the answers to and just get to know people we have we hosted tons of virtual meetups when lockdown initially started. We plan on doing even more. Um, you know, you, you you can join the community speakers hub if you'd like to. We do weekly interviews as well. Again, anyone is welcome to fill a form and they'll have an interview with us. So that, that's the thing with the community. We don't want to make it. We never go out and ask specific women, you know, to, to do any of these. Everything is open. If you want to do a talk, you're welcome to. If you want to do an interview with us, again, you're welcome to. If you want to be a community speaker, you're welcome to. And anyone, anyone who identifies as a woman from anywhere around the world who has any form of interest in tech SEO doesn't need to be an expert, can literally be in uni, can be someone who's just interested in it, is more than welcome to join us on like Facebook or Slack. Wow. Thank you so much uh, for your time, Arish. I think it's a really good time to wrap it up. You'll be able to find all of the links to everything we've spoken about in the show notes, which will be available at search.withcanda.co.uk. And Arish, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I really respect everything you're doing for the SEO community as a whole. Oh, thanks, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Really, really enjoyed my time with you today. No problem. Thank you. So we'll be back on Monday, the 31st of August with episode 76. Until then, if you are enjoying the podcast, please do subscribe or tell a friend and hopefully you'll tune in then. Have a great week.